Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Bipartisan Senate bills take aim at drug prices, especially insulin. A study links payer refusal to pay for PCSK9 inhibitors with heart attacks and deaths. And a former FDA commissioner visits AJMC. Welcome to This Week in Managed Care. I'm Jamie Rosenberg. Leaders of the Senate Finance Committee introduced bipartisan legislation this week to rein in prescription drug costs. Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley of Iowa and Ranking Member Ron Wyden of Oregon said the Prescription Drug Pricing Reduction Act of 2019 will lower out-of-pocket costs for those on Medicare and Medicaid while saving the government billions. A Congressional Budget Office estimate said the bill will trim $85 billion from Medicare Part D and $27 billion from out-of-pocket costs over 10 years. The bill would do the following. Eliminate the coverage gap, launch 25% cost sharing between the annual deductible and catastrophic threshold by 2022, and end cost sharing once beneficiaries reach catastrophic coverage, which could be $3,100. A separate bill introduced this week takes on the rising cost of insulin, a crisis that has taken center stage in hearings this year. A bipartisan group of senators, led by Diabetes Caucus Chairs Jeanne Shaheen of New Hampshire, and Susan Collins of Maine said their legislation could cut insulin prices by up to 75%. The bill takes aim at rebates that experts say drive up the cost of insulin by barring insurers and pharmacy benefit managers from engaging in rebate plans with insulin manufacturers who agree to roll back their prices to 2006 levels. The bill wants support from JDRF and the American Diabetes Association. Said JDRS Aaron Kowalski, JDRS supports eliminating rebates and requiring insulin manufacturers to drop their prices, as this bill would do. At the same time, people with diabetes need access to affordable insulin year-round, and JDRF supports a bill's provisions to cover insulin outside the deductible to prevent spikes in costs at the beginning of the year. The bill comes after witnesses told Congress about cases in which young adults with diabetes died after rationing insulin, about traveling to Canada to buy cheaper insulin, and after manufacturers and PBMs blamed each other for the current pricing schemes. Insurers who refused to cover expensive new cholesterol drugs that reached the market in recent years put patients at higher risk of heart attacks, strokes, and early death, according to a study published this week. Insurers frequently denied coverage for the therapeutic class called PCSK9 inhibitors in the years after they were approved in 2015. The drugs were approved for two conditions, familial hypercholesterolemia an inherited condition known as FH, or atherosclerotic disease. Now, research in the journal Circulation, Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes, published by the American Heart Association, finds patients were 16% more likely to have a cardiovascular event if their prescription was rejected than if it was covered and filled for approximately one year. If the drug was covered but the patient did not fill it, the patients were 21% more likely to have a cardiovascular event. Said Kelly Myers, Chief Technology Officer of the FH Foundation and lead study author, we have both treatment guidelines and available medication to help reduce cholesterol and associated cardiovascular events in the most vulnerable high-risk patients, and yet barriers in the healthcare system, such as higher treatment costs, tight restrictions of approvals, Medicare rules against co-payment assistance, and lack of coverage are delaying treatment. During the study, the drug still came with a $14,000 annual price tag but pushback from payers led to price cuts. The drugs now cost about $5,850 per year. 
The findings align with a study in the current issue of the American Journal of Managed Care, which shows that capping patient assistance for specialty drugs leads to significantly lower monthly fill rates and higher rates of discontinuation. One of our most popular stories this week concerned findings from the American Headache Society, which show that consuming riboflavin, better known as vitamin B2, may help reduce episodes of migraine. While supplements of B2 have been linked to reduced migraine, this study focused on gaining higher levels of the vitamin through food. The abstracts from the Society's annual meeting reported on survey results from 3,600 adults with likely migraine status who took the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. B2 intake was calculated based on what respondents recalled eating in the past 24 hours, along with whether they reported having a migraine or severe headache. The researchers concluded, future migraine prophylaxis studies may consider reevaluating the effective riboflavin supplement dose and the influence of baseline dietary riboflavin intake on the symptoms of migraine. Finally, this week, former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb visited AJMC for an interview about his time at the agency, the future use of real-world evidence, and his view of the market for biosimilars. Dr. Gottlieb discussed this week's Senate bill to lower out-of-pocket costs for prescription drugs. Well, we've seen another policy attempt to address the issue of um, high cost of drugs, and particularly um, the real critical issue that I think we all should be focused on, which is patient out-of-pocket costs and the burden that, that these costs are imposing on patients. Because they're not necessarily the same thing. Just because a drug is priced high doesn't necessarily mean um, it's going to be burdensome to the patient. And just because a drug is inexpensive doesn't mean the patients aren't going to have significant burdens. Um, so we need to look at the structure of the benefit and how the benefit's designed and whether or not it's putting an undue burden on patients. And so the Senate Finance Committee has introduced legislation just this week um, to look at really a fundamental restructuring of the Part D benefit. I think we need to look closely at you know, how that's going to affect patients and whether or not patients who are facing particularly catastrophic risks, patients who might be diagnosed with cancer, for example, um, are still going to be exposed to significant uh, costs when it comes to their drugs. Because remember, you know, if a patient is exposed to three or $4,000 in drug costs and out-of-pocket drug costs, that might not sound like a significant amount relative to their total drug bill, where they might be getting um, oncology products that could literally cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. But that's a lot of money for most Americans. And then you have to factor in that patients who are you know, going through a diagnosis of cancer and going through treatment for cancer, their drug bill isn't their only bill. They're going to have, they're going to probably be hospitalized, so they're going to have some hospital bills and copays. They're going to see physicians, so they're going to have copays on those doctor visits under Part B, and they're going to have a copay under Part A. And so their, their total bill is going to be quite significant. And so we need to look at the drug costs in the context of the total bill for that patient. For all of us at the Managed Markets News Network, I'm Jamie Rosenberg. Thanks for joining us. about any of the stories in this podcast, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.